0: for Cryptocurrent. I'm Steve Miller and you're watching the Aftershock, the show where we bring you the latest and greatest in the world of Web3, always keeping you connected to what's going on. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Richard Carthon. Richard, how are you today?
1: Doing good, man. Um, So much happening in the world of crypto. Uh, A a lot that we're going to unpack with all the news today. But, uh, you know, the markets to start the month of April. April is a historically bullish month, which is always an exciting time. But, you know, doesn't mean that we're going to continue to repeat itself, but we're off to a decent start. And that's all I can ask for is to start in a good direction. So I I am optimistic on the month, um, but time will tell. How about you? Time always has a way of telling, doesn't it? Right now, I'm a
0: little bit um, overwhelmed by some of the joys that I'm feeling in the NFT market. But at the very same time, I can't help but um, worry about trading sideways more. Is I feel like it's all we're doing lately. It's just been three straight months of trading sideways in the 30s and 40s. But I digress. Um, We have a great show ahead for you today. I hope that you're ready for it. For those of you at home that are joining us for the very first time, we appreciate you taking the time out to be here. We love to share this content with you on our podcast platforms, wherever you get your favorite podcasts, as well as here on YouTube, where we have the video version of the show. So you can see not just um, how pretty Richard is, but how I try. (laughs) <laughs> I'm <to> you, bro. <laughs> I know you are, but that's why I gotta start the show that way. Get a little bit of a laugh. So we've got a big show ahead today. Um, but of course, we always start that out with our web three lightning round. And that comes in the form of our sh- our segment, Buyseller HODL. Buy, buy, sell, sell or hodl. So our friends at home should know the drill by now. And buy seller hodl. We share what is a bullish bit of news, a bearish bit of news, and even the news that sits in between where you just got to sit, wait, and watch. Our first story in the Web3 lightning round this week comes out of India, who has announced they're officially making their 30% crypto tax official after approving their recent finance bill. Not the best news if you're in crypto and in India. But Richard, what do you think of our next piece?
1: Um... New Jersey Securities Bureau issues a cease and desist to Voyager, which is a VGX. Basically, uh, they were accusing them of creating these securities uh, that were rewards uh, for, for Voyager, like putting some different stuff out. So it uh, looks like the, the, the wrath of trying to shut some different things down is, is kind of a recurring theme that you're going to see throughout the course of this uh, buy-seller huddle.
0: Well, I mean, you're not only going to see that through buy-seller huddle; You may see it on the Aftershock, too. But the bigger story behind the whole Voyager thing is it's the ongoing battle against APY and trying to create different mechanisms for people to earn a higher yield on their money. But I think Voyager will get through it. This has to be, in my opinion, one of the dumbest pieces of news on the week. So let's go ahead and just call it that. Um, The SEC's Gary Gensler has officially recommended that centralized exchanges record customer assets on their balance sheets and disclose the nature and amount of crypto assets held by their customers. Um, Richard, do you know if major financial institutions are required to do this? I'll I'll stop. The answer is no. No. Yeah. This is just the latest case of crypto being held to a higher standard than any other financial institution because they don't want us to be disrupting um, big finance and the banks. So take that for what it is. Before I go off on Gary Gensler, how about you talk to me a little bit about India, Hong Kong, and Brazil?
1: So new crypto owners have doubled, um, basically, in India, Hong Kong, and Brazil. So uh, a a report recently came out that shows the highest growing um, countries in the world uh, that as it relates to crypto adoption. And if you look over the course of the last year, basically you've seen it double in India, Hong Kong, and Brazil. And if just to reach out to Brazil, and I believe Indonesia has almost 40% crypto market adoption, which is nuts. I didn't even realize it was that high, but almost 40% of people in Brazil and Indonesia have some exposure to crypto.
0: Yeah, that blows my mind. Our next story comes from a prominent accelerator here in the United States. That is Y Combinator, who is now backing 26 crypto startups in its W22 demo days. So Y Combinator has long been known as one of the premier accelerators for startups. And the fact that they'd, of the group this year in their demo day series, where they bring all these companies in front of large scale investors and try and get more capital raised for them, it's an unprecedented amount of crypto startups, and they range from metaverse to NFTs to DeFi. It's not like any you know one part of crypto has been left out. So it's really interesting to me to see that Y Combinator is backing that many. But that's honestly the majority of um, startups right now are trying to find their little niche in crypto. So it's a lot less surprising than some might think. But let's jump into this next piece.
1: MetaMask mobile app is integrating uh, the ability to purchase crypto on credit. So MetaMask is merging with, I believe, Apple Pay. And so now you have the ability to use your Apple Pay to be able to purchase crypto on MetaMask. So this is huge. MetaMask for the longest time to be able to get a lot of these altcoins, you would have to, you know, bridge to, or or even get to NFTs, you'd have to bridge to uh, a wallet like MetaMask and you have to use ETH. So you send from a uh, a centralized exchange, like a Coinbase, send it out to uh, your MetaMask wallet, and then you use that ETH to then go to places like OpenSea or to like Uniswap to either buy an NFT or to buy a um, different type of altcoin. Now you don't have to do that. You can go and buy it with your USD or what, what have you, and that is so huge. Yeah, this is a
0: really, really big deal. Um, I do wanna give one piece of clarification for our listeners at home. Um, MetaMask and Apple Pay are not exactly merging. It's that they've integrated with um, a couple of different providers that allow you to use Apple Pay to purchase crypto directly into your MetaMask. So for those at home that are thinking that MetaMask and Apple Pay are actually merging, that is not the case. Um, As for our next piece of news in the lightning round, Binance has announced their Bridge 2.0, which apparently will allow you to bridge any asset from any chain over into Binance's ecosystem. I find this really interesting. I also think that this is going to be the next place that gets hacked. Um, If you have not been paying attention across the last couple of weeks, the number one place where large-scale hacks have been occurring has been against bridges. Bridges are being in my opinion, proven right now to be the biggest vulnerability in all of crypto. Um, so I believe in a multi-chain future. I just don't believe that it's going to be cross-chain. And that's where the bridges really are playing.
1: And so, if you want more information on all that, we actually did a deep dive uh, on that. Um, please go check out one of our previous things on bridges.
0: Yep. So talk to me a little bit about uh, Chris's favorite token.
1: So Tezos is... Uh, Tezos upgraded consensus Algorithm to improve performance, so they're trying to speed up everything. Uh, there's been some performance issues causing some uh, things on the blockchain to go a little slower than it should. So the, the newest upgrades should help it continue to improve. Yep.
0: And yet again, Tezos has an absolute banger of an upgrade name on their hands. Um, this was the tender Bake upgrade. Not really sure where they come up with these names, but clearly the folks at Tezos have an imagination. <laughs> so, our last piece comes from Trezor. And I think for the longest time, Richard, we heard folks in the Trezor community getting really high and mighty about the fact that they have yet to be fished, They've yet to be compromised. Because, of course, a couple years ago, um, unfortunately, Ledger, the makers of the Nano S and the Nano X, and now the Nano S+, Plus, um, their servers were compromised and they got fished, and a whole bunch of the uh, user email addresses were stolen from them. That has now officially happened to Trezor. And I believe that this is actually the um, the biggest company that was targeted in this massive scale phishing attack. It was absolutely a coordinated phishing attack. But it was coordinated against a number of specifically crypto service providers. So just kind of a another friendly reminder to everybody, always be safe. Always be protecting yourself and looking out. But let's take a look into the metaverse, shall we? We've got a couple of really big stories in last week in the metaverse this week. And the first is going to be this story with Visa. Visa, of course, is your favorite credit card provider. They have launched a year-long NFT creator program for entrepreneurs. I think this is a really interesting move on their part. But the big thing that they want to be able to do is to continue to empower people within their ecosystem so they can stay relevant. Um, is there any other bigger takeaway on this one, Rich?
1: Visa continues to try to double down on incentivizing people to build within their their playground, right? So the the more that they can say, like, hey, we're we're investing into this future and we are incentivizing these people to come back within our ecosystem, it's it's a it's a smart play, right? They're always gonna be relevant and that's what big corporations do. And they're they're continuing to invest into the space. So I think it's smart.
0: Yep, we're gonna have to see how that one develops. Um, Then we had a piece that I think is really cool. Um, So if you're familiar with Samsung smart TVs, there was a big announcement, I want to say like in the last month or so, where they were officially going to start integrating um, NFTs and making it possible for you to display your NFTs on screens. Well, they decided to take that one step further. So now Samsung has partnered with Nifty Gateway for NFTs direct to its smart TVs. This does in fact mean you can actually shop for NFTs directly on your smart TV and purchase those NFTs direct to your smart TV and the wallet that is linked to it. I find that insane. Um, the fact that that's going to be the next home shopping experience is wild to me. But mm-hmm. Rich, why don't we jump into this next one?
1: So Axie Infinity's Ronin blockchain was hacked for 625 million. Yes, I'm saying say again, hacked for 625 million dollars. It's one of the biggest hacks of all time. And what's wild is that even though they got hacked for this much and they were being their money was being taken over the course of multiple days. It wasn't like a like oh someone came and just took it all. Like this was over the course of multiple days. So no one even saw it happening. It just goes to show that as more and more lines of blockchain code are built, you have to have a level of security that are constantly going back and verifying and making sure that all the previous work that has been done is being secured. Because if not, if someone exploits it, they can kind of just sit in the background and take money for days. It it sucks that this is happening, but I'm glad it's happening earlier in the span of the NFT gaming metaverse play because... Can you imagine like two years from now after this becomes a multi-billion dollar enterprise and someone exposes this and where to walk away with probably 5 to 10x what just got taken? It's, that's a scary thought, right? The, the, the challenge right now in, in, in Web 2, when you got hacked, the worst that happens is you got people's information, you have their email addresses, you have ways to get in contact with them. Maybe you have their number and you can hit them up that way. If you get hacked in Web 3 and you're dealing with money, you're, you're losing people's money. It's, it's just a new... Le- it's, it shows how important security is right now. Yeah. And the real question is, can
0: they cover, right? right. We've seen plenty of different bridges get exploited and they're you know, covering $250 million hacks, $400 you know, million hacks. Can the Ronin blockchain actually back up a $625 million breach? Nobody's yet to say. Um, but up until just a couple hours ago... This hack was actually a static thing. The hacker had not moved any of that money off of their wallet. But in the last couple of hours, we've seen that hacker start to move stuff through Elizabeth Warren's favorite service to mention, Tornado Cash. So as unfortunate as it may seem, I got to tell you the conspiracy theorist in me is very much so thinking that this was a coordinated breach just so that we could give Elizabeth Warren more ammunition to go anti-crypto. But we'll see. Um, I think time will tell on this one. I think that they started liquidating about 1,400 ETH today uh, to make this happen. But it's just the beginning, folks. There are going to be more breaches. You just have to continue to protect yourself as as best you can. Um, So we'll see how it goes over time. Our next story in the metaverse-related news happens to be my favorite on the week. And that is that OpenSea has officially decided to stop thinking that Coinbase NFT will never come. And they've enabled credit and Apple Pay purchases via MoonPay. MoonPay is the provider and gateway that you've probably heard a little bit about within the celebrity circles. You have players like Post Malone, and um, it was most recently Eminem and even Justin Bieber who used MoonPay to purchase their Board Apes. This is officially now functionality that's going to be integrated into OpenSea. It was rumored for a minute but it's officially here. You can now purchase NFTs on OpenSea with your favorite credit card or via Apple Pay. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Talk to me a little bit about Nexo.
1: So Nexo is going to allow investors to earn yields on ApeCoin. So we covered this uh, last week and I believe talked about it briefly uh, a while back on basically how the at Yacht Club recently did an airdrop of ApeCoin and the whole ecosystem that is being unfurled there. Um, there's actually a whole breakdown that Steve did on one of the podcasts uh, a, a few weeks back. Highly recommend you go and check that out. Now, you're basically able now to get your APY, annual percentage yield, on this particular coin. You even can go purchase this on Coinbase. So whether you got airdrop this, whether you went not purchase this, whatever it is, you can now take that, move it over to Nexo, and by letting that money sit, you will earn yield for doing that.
0: What I find most interesting about this, Rich, is that with basically Nexo staking, you're getting ahead of the game because they have yet to approve the Ape improvement proposal um, that basically would set up staking in their world. So that is forthcoming with Ape. You're going to be able to stake it you know, within their own protocol and earn a yield. But right now, this is your first opportunity, your first real opportunity to earn a yield on your Ape coin. So I think it's pretty cool. The next piece that we've got going on this week um, is huge. And it really goes to show all that's really possible within the world of Web3. Um, the prominent glitch artist XCopy did a drop about a week and a half ago, but the numbers were still kind of unknown. That drop, of course, was called Max Payne and, it, and Friends, just to be clear. But the Max Payne Open Edition itself, just the one NFT, Made X copy $23 million in 10 minutes. Must be nice. So that's post, just to like to be perfectly clear, that is post all the deductions and fees for running this through Nifty Gateway. Must be nice. Must be freaking nice. <laughs> uh, God, man, that's just an insane amount of money. Um, speaking is. of an insane amount of money, um, Azuki, are you familiar with Azuki? Yes. Yeah. So this is like one of the, dopest recent projects that is very much so out of like the manga and um, Japanese animation world. They've created such an amazing IP, a very innovative contract. And just in the last week, Azuki has officially notched its first sale in excess of a million dollars. This specific Azuki sold for 1.42 mil. I'm not going to go calling them the next bored ape, but I definitely think they're the first Azuki. Um, they're very unique. I think that they're going to go a very long way. And this is just the beginning for them. They now have a floor rate right around 27.5 ETH, basically equivalent to one mutant ape. So take go. that how you will. And if you got that type of money to throw around, there are worse things to buy.
1: So the Ape Yacht Club um, was among six major NFT discords hacked by scammers. So people are now looking for the next ways to... Scammers are going to scam. And they're always going to uniquely find ways of where they can exploit people. So what better way than to go the old school route, which I brought up a little bit earlier, the Web2 way of being able to go in and act like you are the creators of a particular community. And then you start doing these one-offs that come directly from the community and say, hey, you qualify for a special airdrop. We need your... Address in order to do blah, 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 blah. Right. And unfortunately, there are some people out there who think it's legit and then send their ape somewhere thinking they're going to get something better in return. And then they just got scammed. So, just a, another great reminder that, like, no one's safe in the sense of where you're doing. Your communication, like scammers are going to scam, they're going to be coming after you. So you have to keep finding secure ways and other ways to keep of of the communication. So like when this happened, hopefully they're going out on Twitter immediately saying like, sorry, we just got hacked. Don't respond or do anything. Like make sure that if something sounds too good to be true, research it. Don't just do it immediately. The scammers want you to move quickly. You don't have to move quickly. There's no pressure. Just take a moment to breathe and think through. Is what I'm about to do. Does this make sense? If the answer is no you should probably stop and just look around and get as much information as you can before you move forward.
0: So this was actually one of, as you said, six major NFT discords hacked. Another one of the projects that was hacked in this was Doodles, uh, which is really unfortunate. They're a great project with a great team. I don't think that in the long term, uh, Borde or Doodles are going to be really affected by this. But it does go to show that like, the hackers will continue to do their thing. And they do that just by, again, trying to fish you if they get you know access to you know your computer or to some of your access points and like a token to give you access to you know discord servers it's kind of all over from there they can impersonate you and that's when they start you know targeting specifically the moderators of certain discords and that is i believe what happened in this case so you just have to continue to be vigilant and be careful and stay up on the trends now to close out our Metaverse news this week, we have another story from Bored Ape, and that is, of course, that Madonna has officially joined the Bored Ape Yacht Club family. Now, why is this a big deal? It's not just because it's Madonna. Like, look, I, I will give credit where credit's due. is one of the biggest pop stars of, you know, the last 50 years. You know, you can't, you cannot deny that. But that's not, in my opinion, why this is news. This is news because she jumped in and within a matter of moments like it was almost immediate she started to update her ape based on the way that the intellectual property rights have been granted to ape holders so the ape that you see on screen right now or if you would like to go and look it up it's ape 4988 traditionally speaking that ape has um, a specific hat black eye color and a cigarette in its mouth. Madonna basically had her team, because I doubt the Madonna's technically savvy enough to do this, go into her profile, basically go down to the metadata and hide the cigarette asset as well as like I think two other things or like change the mouth asset itself and then change the eye color on the ape and I think modify the hat as well. Um, it, just interesting decisions, but at the same time, I think it's the first real moment where we're starting to see people actually dip their toes into IP management and looking at what they can actually do with their, these new assets. So I think it's pretty interesting. But that's going to wrap up Seller Hoddle. We've got a very, very touchy subject to talk about in the Aftershock this week. But we do hope before we get there that you've enjoyed the show so far and that you'll do us a quick favor and make sure that if you're watching us over on YouTube, that you hit that like button or leave us a comment. We want to engage with you. We want to know what you think of the show. And also, if you're listening over on podcasts, like on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. We want to know what you think of the show so we can keep improving it for you. But let's jump into the Aftershock, yeah? Let's do it. The Aftershock. So the Aftershock is where we cover the biggest story of the last week. We look back, we say, okay, what is it that was sweeping the world of crypto by storm? And what is Web3 still talking about to this very moment? And the big thing that we're talking about this week is, of course, in regulation. And if you're joining us over on YouTube, you're also talking about, how I forgot to put a title on the slide. It is what it is.
1: That's
0: so good. Yep. So uh, that's a little uh, insight into the creative process over here. Um, we have a template and it typically will say at the top creative snarky title. Um, I had a lot of trouble coming up, coming up with one for this because it's all talking about the EU. So EU Parliament, to get into this actual story instead of just riffing on how I'm incompetent, um, EU Parliament recently voted on a proof of work ban, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. That ban failed. However... Across the last couple of days, two EU committees have voted in favor of cracking down on crypto transfers. Now, what does that mean? The piece of legislation they move forward um, will introduce strict regulations on non-custodial cryptocurrency wallets, meaning that crypto firms, meaning the Coinbases and the exchanges of the world, and even players like BlockFi, who are a yield-bearing platform, would have to reveal all the info about senders and receivers in and out of their platforms. From there, all non-custodial wallets, meaning your personal crypto wallet, your MetaMask, your Coinbase wallet, your trust wallet, your ledger, all of them would have to formally register via a lengthy KYC process because you would have to be able to prove who you are, who you're sending to, and who you're receiving from on every single transaction. All of these rules basically still have to be negotiated with each independent EU government via the EU Council before they take effect. But this could be an absolutely damning piece of regulation in the EU if it goes through. Again, there's a couple hurdles it needs to cross first, but a lot of the people in the crypto lobby are furious about this one. Richard, before we jump into what the rest of the industry is saying, what is your take on this right now?
1: My initial take is that this is directly going against what decentralization is all about, what cryptocurrency was made for, what Satoshi Nakamoto originally had envisioned. And at its core, I don't think that what EU is trying to do is intrinsically bad in the sense of they are trying to just the, I'm, the purpose of them doing this is to stop things like, for example, everything happening with the sanctions, everything that's going on with the war and, and, and wanting to know where money is flowing and trying to be able to expose people who are going to take advantage of decentralization and anonymity and everything else. So like, and from that aspect, I believe the intention isn't necessarily bad. However, it doesn't matter if your intentions are good, if the overall effect of what you are doing is not going to help your cause, right? Like if even if even if somehow this goes through, you got to imagine that people are like you can't stop crypto. You can't stop the the movement, the decentralization, like everything that comes through. This people are still going to find a way. People are still going to engage and it's it's kind of making you get cornered off from the rest of what web3 is, which is people engaging on these decentralized platforms and, and engaging with cryptocurrency. So by having to make it so you have to put all of this information in ahead of time, you're going to block off yourself from a lot of potential. And it's going to probably make a lot of in, investors and, and, and people that you're dealing with extremely mad. See, here's the thing. This is
0: a lot alike to like what we were talking about earlier, right? With you know, how the SEC was making those recommendations to companies these are all basically barriers. They're literally putting up walls that is going to make it a lot harder for the people who are trying to get that first leg up in life by having a new investment platform to take advantage of. They're not going to be able to actually take part in it because most of the time, the regulations that come about like this, if it actually passes, is going to be prohibitive. Now, go back to the original intent, right? The EU wants to cut down on anti-money laundering. Sorry, they want to cut down on money laundering. They don't want to cut down on anti-money laundering. It's not like they want people to money launder unless you really <laughs> think they are, but I think that they are, so never mind. Um, the bigger point here is when you look at like crime, right? it does not matter what regulators put into place. Criminals are always going to find a way. That's just the no. truth. If they have criminal intent, they're always going to find a way to manipulate the system. We talked about this with the hackers who abused the Axie Infinity ecosystem, right? The Ronin blockchain got breached. They pulled over a bunch of ETH, a bunch of USDC, and then they spun it through Tornado Cash, a mixer. Now, for all of the illegal activity that goes on in the world, do you think that Tornado Cash is actually the biggest anti-money not anti-money laundering, the biggest laundering service For criminal funds. No, it's the dark web. Okay. It's absolutely the dark web, but it's also, and this is the thing that really irritates me, dude. It's not just technological. We've not got a handle on money laundering with fiat currencies. Yep. Yet they want to pull the rug out from people who are trying to actually innovate and, for, and even beyond that, like this is actually going to be an infringement on privacy. Like, it's just, it seems like we're already jumping to an overreach. Whereas in the United States, we have a really interesting thing going on. The crypto lobby is actually starting to get a voice. People on the Hill are actually listening to the crypto lobby. They want to learn before they legislate. In Europe, it's not so. They want to legislate because they want it to be done. They wanted to be over with. So you've heard two takes out of us, but let's move into two takes of other um, larger influencers. Why don't you
1: talk me about Brian Armstrong's take? Sure thing. So Brian Armstrong made the quote that this would unleash a surveillance regime on exchanges, stifle innovation, and undermine self-hosted wallets. Absolutely. What's the point of becoming your own bank and becoming your own custody if you then have to then go and report all of this. At the end of the day, you're still having to file your taxes. You're still going to have to do all of this. And if you are able to report and do all the things that you need to to get ultimately what they're trying to get right, which is your taxes and everything else, and all of this is on blockchain. You can follow all this stuff. You shouldn't then have to go and report on all of this. Anyway, that's Brian on. i feel the same way. Uh, it's going to just unleash a surveillance regime on exchanges
0: you got to think of it from the perspective not just of the exchange but like look at other businesses right this type of legislation that is so overreaching is going to make it impossible for businesses to actually do what they're trying to do
1: there's, there's no way ex- as, as, as soon as you as soon as you get introduced to a dex you're done like you 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 are immediately out of compliance so the the it's like they're trying to eliminate decentralized exchanges and they're also trying to they're, they're basically just trying to make it so all of CEXs, uh, centralized exchanges, are giving them everything they want. And I mean, there's, they're, if they're not doing this with other financial institutions, why are they doing this with them?
0: Right. Well, we've got another voice inside the crypto community here in the States that has stepped up on this. And that is Cameron Winklevoss, who has basically come out and said that this regulation harms crypto innovation without a commensurate anti-money laundering benefit. Now, this is actually a bold statement because I know that Cameron Winklevoss is not some just bozo off the street, right? He is a genius. He's behind Gemini. He's behind Nifty Gateway. He's behind a lot of really big investments. Facebook. Oh, yeah, that one. (laughs) Excuse you, it's meta. Um, (laughs) What he's saying there without a commensurate anti-money laundering benefit has to be the biggest truth about this entire thing none of this legislation is going to do what the lawmakers actually think it's going to do. It's just going to essentially press down with greater force on the middle class that's trying to partake in crypto and take part, take part in DeFi and purchase NFTs. All of this stuff is just going to basically throw us back into, um, what's it called? Like feudalism. And I like I hate to say it but like that's just the truth. They're going to get to the point where like we've separated the middle middle class and lower class so far from the rich and it's going to be because of legislation like this.
1: It's it is causing an unnecessary challenge for access that doesn't need to be there like the the reason why a lot of people who have been able to participate and these new financial opportunities and DeFi, NFTs, et cetera, is the ability to move quickly to be able to have a small amount and participate on things like OpenSea uh, and, and some of these other decentralized exchanges like Uniswap and some of these others that are out there, one is exchange, et cetera, and be able to get into some of these Projects super early, watch that mature, and then pour that into other projects. By passing legislation like this, the new wave, the next wave of people who try to enter this space and do the same things, they will not have that ability, and that's not. I don't see that as fair.
0: Yeah, it's beyond unfair. That's the truth. Um, but again, you look at the majority of the countries within the EU. I ask you, like, what is their politics, right? The majority of them actually are starting to lean very socialist. What does that mean? It means that they don't want you to have actual control over your own assets. They want you to be completely dependent on the government. I hate to be the realist here. That's exactly what's going on. Um, So look, that is exactly what's been going on within the aftershock this past week. We've been talking a lot about the EU and everybody's worried about it. They think that this is going to be far reaching. They think it's going to not just end there. I think it's going to spread. And, you know, for the benefit of certain nations, I think that it's going to lock into place in the EU, unfortunately. And it's going to force a bunch of crypto companies to go elsewhere. And I think that we're starting to see a lot more positive crypto sentiment here in the States. And I think that we're also starting to see a lot more positive crypto sentiment throughout South America and even through um, Southeast Asia outside of China. So you never really know what's going to happen but I think that you're going to start to see more and more of these ebbs and flows and the push and the give and take of businesses and individuals moving to places where they can take part in more free economic activity. Um, but that is going to do it for this week's Aftershock. Um, we, again, appreciate you being here. Um, I do want to make mention of one thing because I there's been a lot that's been on my mind with this whole EU legislation. And I don't like to typically give my... Like kudos out to a different channel. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about why things have been operating the way they have been in the EU, definitely go over to BitBoy Crypto's channel. I don't typically like a lot of the content he puts out, but he dropped a video just the other day talking about how the World Economic Forum plays into all this. It's a very worthwhile watch. But if you're just interested in more cryptocurrency content, we've got that in spades for you. Um, Richard, who did you talk to on Monday's episode?
1: So I thought to Brian T. Bradley, um, who is an asset protection attorney. He has some really cool insights on things that you can be doing to protect your crypto assets legally and set up these different entities to uh, ensure the the safety for those assets for for yourself and your family and and just ways to make sure that in the event that you have any litigation against you, you can protect yourself. And then secondly, this Friday, we have um, Khaled uh, Jama, who is the founder of Gamers. Um, they're doing something really cool um, by making a, a social economy uh, within the metaverse and bringing gaming into this. They have like a lot of different things that they're building out onto this platform. So, if you're interested in learning more about that, highly recommend giving that a listen.
0: Yeah, both very good interviews. And again, you can always count on those interviews coming in every Monday and Friday from us over here at Cryptocurrent you always have the Wednesday episodes of the Aftershock that you're listening to right now. We also do a seg- a segment, very short episode, called Crypto Decrypted, exclusive to YouTube. So if you want to go learn about specific things within uh, the world of crypto with Chris K, our other host, please check that out. But I do want to give a quick tip of the cap to our editorial team over at crypto-current.co. Um, our fantastic editor over there put out a great end of March series on women in crypto. There were three specific pieces There was one on the metaverse, there was one on digital assets, and there was one on Web3 advocates. Please do us a solid. Go check that out. I think you'll learn a lot about how women are starting to break into this space and finally have a lot more say and representation. Um, It's a really fantastic thing and we're all about equity and um, equality here in Web3. So that's going to do it for this week's Aftershock. We again appreciate you taking the time to be here. Please make sure that you subscribe over on YouTube that you're following us over on your favorite podcast platforms, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, just your general RSS feed even. Um, But we are going to be back again, of course, next week on Wednesday for another edition of the Aftershock. Um, Also, if you'd like to participate with us in Twitter spaces, we do that every Thursday night at 7pm Eastern for non-fungible Thursdays. Um, We hope you'll join us for that. It's been a lot of fun hosting those the last couple of weeks. And it's just going to get better from here, folks. So that's going to be it for us this week. Um, Richard, would you like to sign off? Everyone, make sure you stay
1: Cryptocurrent. Peace. Catch you later.